ravage love. Nani Noel, number three. We are back in Christmas theme. Hi, Julie. Hello, Renee. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I am delightful. I'm staring outside the window. It's literally snowing like in a perfect Hallmark Christmas movie. It's delightful. Yeah, I'm excited. It's we're super close to the holidays. And yeah, I'm in a I'm in a good festive mood. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I put my tree up this weekend. Ooh. That helped. Yeah. Where are you on your Christmas spirit? Um, you know, I've been crushing those Hallmark movies and I've figured out the algorithm on how to get a banger, like how to get a good one. You have to watch one that has a seven out of 10 on IMDb or higher. And I've never seen one higher than a 7.3, but if you get below a seven, it's going to be trash. It's going to be awful. It's going to be trash, but seven and up, you're going to cry. You're going to be filled with the Christmas spirit. It's guaranteed an okay time. The seven up Christmas rule, is that what we're calling it? For Hallmark, yeah. And I think I mentioned to you, I texted you, I found out that Harlequin also makes Christmas movies. Um, they look real bad. And really, frankly, that's just not the route I want to go down this year. I'm, I'm settled <laughs> in my Hallmark. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling pretty Christmassy. I think I mentioned I got my kids an elf on the shelf, which typically, like I have been fundamentally against the idea of an elf on the shelf because the whole idea is that... <clears throat> um, this elf comes into your house and reports back to Santa every night on how you're behaving. And traditionally, it's supposed to come with like a letter that tells the kids if they're on the naughty or the nice list. It's it's like emotional blackmail, really. It just forces the kids to feel like they're constantly under surveillance. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. But um, my daughter came home from school talking about the elf on the shelf in her classroom and she was like oh mommy I left a note for the elf to ask Santa to bring me my own elf and I was like no honey like the elf's not gonna do that and I was like why do you even want one and she says mommy they're just so magical oh and like what else was I to do so I found the last girl elf on the shelf in the city um, which came with a book that was also like really religious. So I didn't give them the book. Yeah. And I wrote my own rules where it was like, I'm not here to report to Santa on your behavior. Please behave with kindness. Be, you know, pr- behave in a way that you're proud of. But I named my elf Persimmon. As you and should. <laughs> it's a good name, right? Her name's Persimmon, but my girls can't pronounce it. So it turned into a bunch of different things like, uh, per Simon, per, um, Oh my God. Like all these different versions. And my youngest one was getting so upset because I was like, no, no, her name is Persimmon. So I had to write a letter last night saying like, this is how you pronounce my name, but you can just call me Simmy. And they're like, Simmy. So (laughs) it's like a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And I have to like, remember to move it every night, but then like the elf is always listening. So they'll go tell the elf things. And I have to be like, well, what did you tell the elf? Cause I need to know if I'm going to write a letter. Anyway, it's, It's a whole thing I didn't need to add to my plate this holiday season, but you can't have a child tell me that they need magic in their life and me just sit on my hands about it. So that's my story. Your hands were absolutely tied. I mean, there had to be a persimmon in your life. I completely and totally support that. Yeah. Um, And it's a weird year. So you know what? It's okay that you included the, you know, 
the police state into your home because <laughs> no no my my rules say she's not there to report to Santa. no snitch no snitches get stitches and then applies to elves on the shelf so <laughs> well if you um want to meet persimmon i think she should join us on our instagram live so we're doing an instagram live on friday december 18th at 7 p.m mountain time 9 p.m eastern standard time where we will be doing a live episode that is christmas related and i think yeah i think simmy should join us that's just my thought you can ask her see what her schedule is like but you know she's a um lady in the streets and an elf on the shelf um no, you're not supposed to touch the elf or she loses her magic. So I have to make sure the girls are tears. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of witchcraft involved because if a kid touches the elf, the elf loses her magic. So then you have to set the elf up and sprinkle cinnamon around it so that it has enough magic to get to the North Pole for, for like ICU care. And I was like, if that's not the witchiest shit I've ever heard in my life. Listen. That is extreme. That's like the Christmas version of the craft. Um, yeah. That's operating in your home right now. But again, <laughs> I respect it. Yeah, I'll bring I'll bring persimmon in on the fun. Great. Lock her little little elf ears. Although she's a freak. She knows. She knows. She, she fucking knows. She's been mm-hmm. creeping on family since the beginning of time. She's seen some shit. 100 percent Well, Christmas magic is a perfect segue, actually, because <laughs> I my book uh, had a little bit of Christmas magic, and in fact. The subtitle is A Magical Tale of Romance and Adventure. So longtime listeners of the show might start to sense a theme. And I'm telling you, I didn't do it on purpose, but I really do seem to fall for books or choose books that involve baked goods. (laughs) Um, So whether it's my deep love of the Amish and their extreme sweet tooth or the fact that I did a false book on a woman who owned a cupcake shop. Mm, Well, that trope continues, my friends. Because this week I read A Cupcake Christmas, which is a Christmas elf romance (laughs) by Beth Barony, I think is how you say it. So Beth is an award-winning novelist, master neuro-linguistic programming practitioner. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And certified creativity coach for writers. She writes magical tales of romance, mystery, and adventure that empower women and girls to be the heroes of their own lives. Oh, I love that. Right? Uh, It was published in 2015. It's about 175 pages. I got it as an ebook. Are you ready? So ready. So, picture... A Hallmark Christmas movie, because that is really the vibe that I got in reading this book. So Florian is an elf from the North Pole who was secretly sent down south for a year. So they basically have like a gap year. Again, like the Amish do. (laughs) (laughs) From Sprigga. So he um, spent a year traveling the world and his passion is baking. So he spent a year in like Paris and New York and his whole goal is to diversify his resume, get better at all aspects of baking so that he can go back to what they call the pole, which I snickered at every time. (laughs) So he can head back to the pole uh, to be qualified to take over as master baker for the whole North Pole. 
So, Ooh. you know, it's his like rightful heir as the child, you know, and all of these things, but he wants to be really good at it. And, you know, so he goes and he's doing this thing around the world. And he sees that there's a thing called Kate's Cupcake Cart in San Francisco that's hiring. And he thinks, oh, you know what, might be nice to spend uh, the last month or so of my little sejour with humans somewhere warm. You know, have a warm Christmas for the first time in my life. So Florian's like, you know, a uh, human looking person. The only thing is, is that when he gets really cold, his ears turn into little points. But otherwise, Aww. He's a skinny ginger, which literally is everything I love in this world, as you know. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a little tall, which I could do without, but um, he <laughs> and he's about in his mid twenties, and he goes to Kate's cupcake shop cart, and she's like a really cute, also like twenty five year old brunette who runs this cupcake cart. And business is really, really picking up. She's in like her first year of business and she really needs the help. So she plays the ad looking for seasonal help. And he tells her, oh, I'm from Alaska. And she's like, oh, you have like a bit of a lilt in your voice. And he's like, oh, my family immigrated there from Ireland. And she's like, okay. <laughs> um, and he's a natural baker. He's just incredible. They super hit it off. She's grateful for the help. Um, and at first it's just like, oh, he's kind of cute, but also like, thank goodness this dude, like just straight off the street and he's really good at what he does. So a mom calls in to make an order for a birthday party and says, I'm looking for 15 cupcakes and also a half hour magic show. And she is so desperate for the business and to like get her name out there that she's like, yeah, sure. I'll figure it out. Um, then asks Florian for help. Now Florian is an elf. Florian can do magic with his eyes closed. The problem is in this universe, it's sort of um if anyone has read Harry Potter, kind of a ministry of magic type situation where you cannot perform magic in front of muggles. <laughs> so okay. do magic, but if he does magic, he's going to be in shit with his people. So he's like, okay, I'm just going to go on YouTube and learn like some card tricks and call it a day. Um, and so he says, like, you know, can I get you to help me in the magic show? And uses that basically as an excuse to, like, go over to her house. Um, and they, again, they're hitting it off, starting to flirt. And then, um, Kate realizes, like, oh, I, I definitely have a crush on him. But, like, I can't miss mix business and pleasure. That's just, like, such a disaster. So another one of their dates that they don't call a date, because they can't call it a date, where they go to learn magic, they kiss. And then they... It is implied that they are fucking, and when they are fucking, all of a sudden you can hear his phone go off and he can hear crashing in the kitchen and they just sort of ignore it. Well, it turns out that when he's overexcited <laughs> in good or bad ways, he just like shoots stuff off and magically and he just has no control over it. <laughs> so, but his phone is ringing because his aunt from the North Pole was told that he's doing magic. She can sense it or whatever. And she's like, brah, you can't do that. You're going to blow your cover. So he's like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Um, you know, I really like her, but I, you know, I can't live with muggles. They don't call them muggles, but let's just call <laughs> that. Um, so then meanwhile, Kate's so, so into him and the business is going so well that she kind of goes out on a limb and she proposes buying a storefront together and then going into business as a full-blown store and not just a cart. Aww. And he is very into it, but has to say no because then he would have to tell her the truth. So he keeps repeating like, no, you know that I have to go back home um, right after the holidays. Like I can't stay longer than the season. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I feel so stupid. And then he's like, no, it's fine. And she's like, ugh, ugh, ugh. And it's like, oh, this all awkward thing. 
So then he says, fuck it. I like her. I like her a lot. I'm just going to tell her the truth. So he goes to tell her the truth. And he is like, uh, I can do magic. And she's like, yeah, I know. You're like learning magic for the thing. And he's like, no, like I can do magic. And then he kind of makes sparks appear. And then she's like, what? Mm-hmm. And then his phone rings and his aunt is like, what the fuck are you doing? So then he kind of is like, uh, I'll explain some other time. Uh, I got to go. And she's like, okay. <sighs> the next day is the kid's birthday party, Renee. Okay. Where he's got to show his magic tricks. Mm. So he goes and he's got a great costume. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad you're taking this seriously. You know, like if this contract goes well, I might get other birthday parties. And so he's doing magic tricks and he's making it look like it's just, you know, a card trick and a sleight of hand. Then he looks over and he sees Kate talking to her ex-boyfriend, Alex. Why is he at the party? Well, it turns out that he's best friends with the kid's dad. Um, and so he's like, oh my God, I'm just here. Cause it's, you know, my friend's daughter's birthday party. What are you doing here? And she's like, oh my gosh, so good to see you. And Florian gets jealous. So he <laughs> accidentally uses magic and the cupcakes go flying off the table and hit everyone in the face. <laughs> <laughs> just picture a plate of cupcakes go up, hit a nine-year-old, just hit the kid right in the face, hit the mom right in the face. It's chaos and mayhem. Um, And she has obviously no idea what just happened. And so he's like, oh, I just, I guess my sleeve must have hit the table and it goes flying. And she's like, I get it was an accident, but you just fucked me over. And so she just is like, I have to go. And then he's like, let me help you clean up. And she's like, no, it's fine. And then Alex, her ex-boyfriend's like, I'll help you clean up. So Florian is like, super angry. (laughs) So then she calls him the next day to apologize. This is where shit took a turn that I did not enjoy. So the next day, even though he, you know, on purpose, accidentally doesn't matter, like fucked up the whole gig. And you could say like, it was an accident and I'm sorry, but like the fact that she felt the need to apologize to him the next day, because she was like, I shouldn't have been so, you know, short with you and told you to leave. It's like, no, you are allowed. Then she gets like even weirder because the brother calls and is like, oh, I heard what happened. Like what's going on? And she's like, oh, I don't know. Um, you know, I was like talking to Alex and all of a sudden, and he was like, oh, what was Alex doing there? Like, is he like stalking you? And I was like, that just came out of nowhere. So I was like, that's a bit weird. And then she's like, no, no, no. And then the brother flips to, oh, so like you gave him mixed signals and you told him that you were still interested in him. Well, you can't just be surprised that he just shows up somewhere. Oh my God. It was like a weird subtext as a victim of stalking, as someone who's, you know, stalking is like the gist of the work I do on Violence Against Women. I was like, this is all of the worst stereotypes about how like stalking behavior is romantic. And then it goes nowhere. That whole subplot just like goes nowhere. You're like, no, no, he just happened to be at that party. Oh, okay. And then they never bring it up again. Nor do they ever bring up the fact that like Florian is like a raging, jealous, controlling person who like can't even watch you have a conversation with someone without throwing cupcakes. Oh, I'm so annoyed. Okay, so then she finally agrees. Like, he finally picks up the phone and is like, yeah, yeah, let's meet up. So then they're talking and they're like, he's like, you know, I really, I just, I want to tell you the truth about what happened, but I just like, I can't. And then all of a sudden, Kate gets a Skype call. And she gets a Skype call from this guy and she's looking at him and she's like, why do you look so familiar? And he's like, oh, I'm Florian's uncle. And she's like, oh, maybe I saw a picture of you like in his apartment. And he's like, no, silly, you know me because I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> and she's like, what? And then Santa explains, yeah, 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 we magic. He's magic. He's, he has to come back. That's why he can't stay. But 
I've decided to bend the rules because humans need a little bit of magic, especially around the holidays, so you two can be together. And in being with you, he will not lose his magic powers, nor will he lose the right to be a part of this family. So basically, I bless this union. Go on with your bad self. And so then he goes on to explain that, yes, I'm an elf. And, you know, if I were to stay with you and be with you, then I would actually lose the right to be an elf. And I wouldn't be allowed to practice magic. And I wouldn't be able to go home. And so I felt torn between two worlds. But now that Santa said it's fine, we're good. Uh, and then Santa makes like a, but just make sure you don't be get so jealous again. Ha 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 ha, stalker. And then it ends. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Right? So, basically enjoyed it as a pleasant, uh, you know, very sweet Hallmark type Christmas story for, till about 90% of the film. And then when it takes this weird turn where they're inferring that this guy is stalking her, but then like not pulling on the thread and then him being you know super jealous and angry and like did not enjoy that one bit um in terms of spice factor they did fuck once but it's literally like a hallmark type movie where they just cut away and then you find out after the fact so no genital descriptions no i would give it one out of five on the spice factor so that would be one out of five mexican spicy chocolate cupcakes which are apparently one of her specialties um Mm. because there was some cute banter between the two of them some cute flirting um that created like believable sexual tension but wasn't hot by any means and definitely some disturbing views of romance and confusing possessiveness and jealousy with deep love which is a trope that needs to die in a fire um so that is my overall assessment of a cupcake christmas a christmas elf romance starring a skinny ginger which hits all of my buttons what did you read renee um i just i want to make a couple comments here um if elf erotica doesn't involve like a gulliver's travel situation like it shouldn't exist Two, there's no fucking in Hallmark movies. There's usually like one to three kisses and they're always at the end. So right. for those of you, for our listeners who are like, oh, well, if Renee is watching Hallmark, they got to be spicy. They are not spicy um, in the least. So no, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of in, implied and cutting away. Um, yeah. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Sadly. Uh, <laughs> but if you like sweet so sweet it'll give you a toothache type stories uh hallmark is where to go and in my case this is definitely if you have a strong analysis enough to like roll your eyes at that of the you know the problematic pieces but you just want like a sweet story that's just like light and fluffy i recommend it i really do awesome. yeah yeah but tell me, <laughs> tell yeah. me what you read. i read a book called countdown to christmas um a partridge in a pear tree by annika patrick um our protagonist is ava it's a few days before christmas and uh she's lonely and she's feeling unlucky and unsatisfied in love and in life and so as an ornithologist she's decided to go do her favorite thing which is to um bird watch and uh what that means is she has gone to the botanical garden and she's sitting there she's brought some seeds she's gonna go visit the birds um One thing about Ava right now, though, is because she's been so unlucky in love, she has what she calls lady blue balls, and she's very (laughs) randomly. 
But she's been very unsatisfied up to this point with her lovers. So um, not feeling so great in the Christmas time. Um, so she's feeding uh, the birds. There's all these pigeons. But then um, out of this like cluster of pigeons, I'm going to call them a murder of pigeons. There <laughs> one bird just kind of like really sticks out it's really like one of these things is not like the other and it comes like strutting through this murder of pigeons and has a swagger and is looking really lustily at um ava and she's like what is going on and she realizes it's actually a partridge and she's like oh wow and she could recognize the partridge not just because she's an ornithologist but because she also you know took on this big campaign to like try and save the wildlife because if you don't know this about partridges they make their nests in farm fields and so injured in this area because the farmers are always um running them over so so she's just like oh my god like is this is this bird like into me like what's happening right now um and he says he's definitely the alpha cock of this group this murder of pigeons but he's not a pigeon so um she's kind of really like into this but then um there's some fellows putting up uh, some christmas decorations and they're like oi miss we're gonna drop them on you if you don't move and she's like okay i'm going and so she realizes you know this bird has come here for two things to eat birds eat and fuck and i'm all out of birds so she decides <laughs> She's going to head home and uh, she kind of, kind of like um, says to the bird, you know, there's a lot more, uh, there's a lot more birdseed in my house. <laughs> and then, you know, heads home. So she's at home and she's like kind of thinking about this bird. And she's like, that's so weird. Like what, a, what a fucking weirdo I am. And she starts to get, you know, undressed and she's in her bedroom and she's taking off her blouse and she's kind of like tweaking her nipples thinking about this bird and she turns around and oh, holy shit the bird is there the bird's at the window and she's like oh shit like i didn't how did you did you follow me home that's crazy um and she's kind of into it still but the bird is outside her window sitting in her ornamental pear tree so it's kind of you know partridge in a pear tree <laughs> she asked the bird she's like do you like what you see and the bird kind of like tilts his head and she's like, okay. So she starts stripping for the bird. Um, and I didn't apology, but it is. And so she, you know, re- she's like all undressed. She reaches down to take her socks off and she turns back around after showing this bird her ass. And this bird has a huge, veiny man penis. Uh, he has his gigantic <sighs> and she realizes she's like oh my god like I I really want that in me like I have to have that, that birdhood in my body she goes and she opens um, the window to let this bird in and she's just kind of like like how are we going to do this like I don't, I don't know what's up and then her cat Commodore Fluffy Paws comes in and starts growling at the partridge and she's like oh I gotta get you out of here so she goes scoots the cat out and then she turns around again and she screams because this partridge is shifting into a man he's a six foot man with black hair who's fucking ripped and has wings his partridge wings did not go anywhere so she sees that a big old dick and she's like I need that dick and so she goes over and they're just like 
she's really short and he's really tall and she's like I need to suck on your dick right now but he can't talk because he's like a bird man so uh, she's supposed to like suck his dick and he like is making weird noises and she's into it and then he like picks her up and he like puts her down on the bed and then he rips out one of his feathers to like tickle her with it and she's like I love this um and so they start then she's like don't be don't be gentle with me fuck me bird man and he's like all right and he starts he starts banging her but like pushing her further up the bed because I guess her butt was off the edge of the bed and then he's pushing her and then they just keep going and she can't like believe how good this feels because at first like his penis couldn't fit in her because I guess she has a but he got it in there and she's loving it and she's like it's the perfect fit this was meant to be and he's just banging her and banging her and banging her and the bed collapses but then I guess his hands are still talons and then he starts like ripping into the plaster behind like at the at the head of the bed ripping into the plaster and she's just like into it and then they start like climbing up the wall um and like she's basically just like on his dick like she's not holding on to anything she's just on his dick um and they get up to the ceiling and plaster's falling everywhere but then he starts roaring and she's like oh he's coming this is great so he's coming and he's coming but there's so much cum it's like spurting out of her and she's like this is so great then she starts coming um but then they don't stop coming they come all night they don't stop and she passes out from it she like loses consciousness um and then it's the next day she wakes up she's like oh my god like wow that was pretty crazy and um so this bird man gets up to leave and she's like oh like where are you going Turns out the bird can talk, Ellie. Or, uh, Julie. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to tell you what he says because I'm going to read that part. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, and then it has a happy ending. And um, Birdman turns back into a partridge, flies away, and Eva had a very merry Christmas after all. So... Oh, God, I have questions, Renee. I have questions. First question, when he, before he turns into a man, was he just a regular sized pigeon? No, he wasn't a pigeon. He was a partridge. Julie. Sorry. He was a regular sized partridge. Sorry. Yes. Was he a regular sized partridge with a human man dick? Yeah. So at first he was just a partridge. And then when she like <sighs> showed him her butthole and she turned around, all of a sudden he had a humongous, humongous man penis. Um, so big <sighs> couldn't get it in her at first like that's how big imagine a so therefore like a dick bigger than him yes okay just just checking just checking is, but i mean um oof. okay now my second question is do you think like was your sense that this person wasn't trying to be absurd or was it unintentionally funny I I can't tell genuinely because like I those are the best ones. I know I best knew, ones. It was gonna be a shifter book. Um, did not expect it to be as hilarious as it was. <laughs> I I honestly could not tell you if it was a joke or not. I don't know. Well, I think you should just launch right into to reading us a part of it. I think we just need to. Yeah, we need to do that. I need to hear it. 
Okay. Um, the average partridge weighs about 500 grams. <laughs> um, so that's... <laughs> oh. So what part are you going to rate us? What's happening? She cried, looking down at her red and swollen mons, eyes wide. It was as if her pussy... Her pussy... Her pussy... <laughs> had become reliant upon his magical essence, delivered only by his cock, and would continue to feed upon it. Explosions of fire leapt from every zone of her body that was possible to pleasure, rivers of sweet release bursting from her clitoris, her nipples, her inner canal, and her very womb. And just when she thought she could not tolerate one more detonation, the orgasm would shudder through her again, ripping another hungry path through her body and bursting like a warm shower deep in her belly. For a few moments, Ava believed she had gone unconscious. When at last she woke up, it was to the feeling of her lover gently stroking her face. Over the crest of his chestnut and tawny wings, she could see the sun beginning to rise. They had spent the rest of the night orgasming, and now it was morning. The sound of traffic was beginning to pick up outside in the road. With a last lingering gaze into his eyes, the birdman rose from the bed and strode with his long legs towards her window. Ava stood, taking the coverlet from her destroyed bed and drawing it around her. Where are you going? she asked, approaching him once more at the window. He said nothing but smiled a little and pressed the pad of his thumb to her bottom lip. Her ears could not believe the sound as for the first time he spoke. You have always been a friend to the avian race, he said to her shock. For this you have been gifted with much pleasure. Your efforts at protecting my kind will now be richly rewarded. He nodded and placed one foot on the day bed beneath the window. Keep my love nest warm, he added. <laughs> As he stepped up, there was a reverse of transformation she had witnessed hours ago, limbs shrinking back into the smooth, feathered body of the partridge. He reverted back to his avian form. The partridge hopped from the daybed onto the sill of her window, and with one last craning of its neck to look at her in goodbye, it thrust open its wings and glided out of sight. Eva crept to the window and looked down. The partridge sauntered across the grass. It disappeared behind the silhouette of the pear tree, still dark with shadow in the early morning, and was gone. Keep my love nest warm, he had said. Eva brought a hand instinctively to her, her abdomen. She gasped in shock. It was even in delight at the feel of her swollen belly now bursting with supernatural interspecies pregnancy. Her enlarged breasts firm and round with expectation, her eyes down the skyline as the sun fully broke the horizon. I should not promised. <laughs> she fucked a bird and then had its baby already. <laughs> oh, I know, Julie. I read it. <laughs> now, again, just for just as a reminder, how long was this book? 16 pages. <laughs> Oh, the places you went in those 16 pages. Yeah, it was. A I... Yeah. Jesus. I laughed. Oh, I just laughed a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I don't even know if it's worth me reading a part of mine or maybe <laughs> I should just strictly so we can end on a bit of a wholesome note. I don't even know. I'm still shook. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. But I really want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> here it goes. So I'm going to read you uh, the part where she has a conversation with Santa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they're having this conversation and, and Florian, again, reminder of the Christmas elf, is trying to tell Kate, the human baker, 
that he is a Christmas elf and has to go back to the North Pole or if he chooses to stay with her that he has to give up his magic and his connection to the magical community. So <clears throat> so then finally he's like maybe the compromise is that I just tell you I have some magic you don't ask me any questions and then as long as I don't say I'm a Christmas elf then we can just live with this mystery. <clears throat> you can't tell me who you are? He nodded again. She pulled him into a hug. I could live with your mystery. Are you sure? She turned to lean her back on his chest. I'm not sure of anything, remember? Except this, you and me doing whatever we set out to do together. Florian held Kate like that for a while in silence, just listening to their breathing, their hearts beat in unison. Maybe they could make this unique relationship work. The unfamiliar ring sounded again. Kate sat up. That's weird. What is? What is? That's my iPad. The Skype ring. She stood, headed to the end of the kitchen counter, and slipped her tablet from her bag. She set it up on the stand and clicked the screen. Hello, dear Kate Rose Delore, came an all too familiar voice. How are you? Florian groaned. Oh, no. Uh, hello. I'm fine. Are you calling for Florian? Kate turned to Florian. Do, do you know him? Then quieter, she said, do I know him? He seems so familiar, so friendly like family. And how does he know my middle name? She said that last bit softly as if to herself and stared at Florian without looking at him, trying to work it out. Kate, no, I'm calling for you primarily. <laughs> Uncle laughed good naturedly. Uh, okay. Kate turned to the screen. Um, hi. You're looking well, Kate Rose. Even Florian, despite his chagrin at being tracked down, couldn't help but smile at the warmth in Uncle's voice. He got up to stand beside Kate and tucked his arm around her waist, pulling her close. Thanks, just Kate, please. I am well. Kate glanced at Florian and then at the screen again. How can I help you, sir? And how do you know my full name? She turned to Florian and whispered, how does he know my middle name? I haven't even told you. Do you know who I am, Kate? Uncle's brown face filled the screen, <laughs> his curly white hair and beard framing his red cheeks. She shook her head. Fa family? But I don't remember meeting you. Uncle smiled kindly. Oh, I'm Santa! And Florian is one of my <laughs> nephews and my newest master baker. Florian sucked in his breath. Uncle, the rules! I make the rules, son. Now let me talk to your girl. Florian <laughs> nodded, stunned. Santa? You do look like him, Kate said and shook her head. You don't seem surprised, dear. Kate shrugged and smiled, squeezing Florian against her. So my Florian is a Christmas elf. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> then uh, he goes on to talk about how he thinks they could keep the magic and, uh, you know, the youngins, the gen, the millennials of our generation of uh, the North Pole have told me that I should just basically have some chill. Uh, and, uh, this is me saying I actively, uh, condone what you're doing, and, uh, may you have fun, Disney Plus and Thrust, as the kids say. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say Disney Plus and Thrust, that's my own paraphrase. <laughs> like, I, I love that, and that's the first time I've heard it. So. Oh, really? Now you're, now you're, you're branché with the youths, because that's what the young people say. <laughs> Apparently no more Netflix and chill. We just Disney Plus and Thrust. Um, and that was my quirky little Christmas magic 
which I thought was a bit out there, but apparently a cupcake Christmas, a Christmas elf romance is nothing compared to getting fucked by a partridge. Which, for folks who don't know, um, I come from absolute rednecks from Northern Ontario Uh who love to go hunting. And uh, la chasse au pedrie is uh, (laughs) what my parents and my family loves to do. So the second you said partridge, I was like, hmm, tasty. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't had a partridge in years. I'm now vegan. But that is literally the first thing I think of. Not even the Christmas story. And now... All of that will be superseded by the visual of your protagonist fucking a partridge with a human cock. I mean, he he shifted into a full man. Eventually, but not from yeah. the jump. No, no, it was it was the bird with the penis that she was into. I mean, she was into the bird as a bird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I accidentally punched a pigeon once. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? closest i would ever get to physical interactions with live animals um i was in france i was walking it startled me it's like you know when there's like you know there's like a whole like murder of partridge or like pigeons on like on the sidewalk and then you walk towards them and they all kind of flock yeah i went like full tippy hedra and the birds flashback like oh god these birds are gonna peck at my face i'm not even afraid of birds i love birds but i just was walking had my headphones on i was in paris by myself i'm like look at me i'm fucking bougie as hell all of a sudden to keep me humble mother nature sent a flock <laughs> of pigeons to me and literally they just like <laughs> came towards me and i just went Gah! instinctually and punched <laughs> the air and i just cold cocked one right in the face <laughs> julie <laughs> <laughs> to be clear I love animals. I don't eat animals. And that bird was totally fine and continued to purr, purr, and like left. But I don't know why my instinct was just to punch it in the face, but I did. I mean, I you've did. been through some stuff, Julie. I, mean, I think it's a natural <laughs> response in that situation. I went Don't full- startle Julie. <laughs> exactly. I went full, like that meme of a dog having PTSD. That was me. I just was like, oh, frozen. And then my instinct was just sha-sha-sha. So I did. Um, yeah. And that's now the least weird story I've heard about birds. Thanks, Renee. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't really know where that leaves us, but um it was great chatting with you this week. It was week. so great chatting with you. And I guess this is probably going to come out the day that we have our Instagram live. So Yeah, check us out. Fun. The evening of December 18th, we're going to do a live episode on the old Instagram live. Also, our next episode drops Christmas Day. So if you are stuck with your family and or wish you were stuck with your family but are stuck at home uh, alone because of the old Coco, well, we got you, you know? We're here for you. Here Mm. at Ravage Love, we take care of our listeners. So we will continue to bring you hit after hit, week after week. And if you're lucky, um, it might not involve a shifter, but we don't make promises here because shifters happen. (laughs) Shifters happen. Shifters happen. All right. Well, this was a pleasure. <laughs> As always. Uh, Julie, you want to sing us out? Sure do. Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. 
Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS, the number two, J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.